Welcome to Inside My Canoe Head, a podcast about the art of living an awesome life. We talk about preparedness, self-reliance, and learning to be unapologetically you in this chaotic and incredible world we live in today. My name is Jeff, your host. I am a veteran, an academic, an emergency preparedness guru, and we issue weekly episodes, usually on Mondays, about a various different topics. Join us, hang out with us. It's a lot of fun. Come visit us on the web at www.preparednesslabs.ca, and let's get to it. Thanks for taking the time to join us today on Inside My Canoe Head. Today's podcast is being recorded one day later than normal on November 3rd, which just happens to coincide with the United States election. And that's just a nauseating event all on its own. But today's episode, we're going to talk about mental health and preparedness. It's an exceptionally important issue to me being a veteran with a couple of tours of duty in Afghanistan. You don't go there and see those things and do those things and come back the same human being as when you left. But within the world of mental health, we see a lot on the news. We see a lot of things related to the current pandemic and COVID-19 and how we see a dramatic uptake in mental health issues. And remember, mental health issues is just not folks who may suffer from depression or post-traumatic stress disorder. It's also people who choose addictions. And I say choose addictions because most people never choose to be addicted. They pursue something to try to numb what is going on in their life. So they'll turn to a pack of smokes, they'll turn to a little bit of heroin, they'll turn to a little bit of alcohol, all in the event and all they're trying to do is just numb the feelings of life that for whatever reason they feel they cannot control. So mental health issues is far beyond just I don't feel well today, but it can be that. So what we're going to talk about today is mental health and how it relates to the theory of preparedness, but more importantly, how it relates to the the impetus and the rationale behind this channel, which is self-reliance, self-sufficiency, and being responsible for your own outcomes. So when we talk about uh, mental health, the first thing we have to focus on is that our brain and our mental state is by far our greatest weapon, but it is also by far our greatest enemy. We can see, and I've said this many times, if you want to look at the real, the best real world example we have of people going through significant challenges in survivalism and preparedness type issues is is take the time to watch the TV show alone. And when you watch that, and I've mentioned this many times, and my regular listeners will be rolling their eyes right now, but I keep repeating it because it makes a world of sense. These are the world's leading experts that they could find and put on a show. They got to pick 10 tools, basically the items that they love. They got to put them in an environment that probably wouldn't kill them, but certainly will make them feel uncomfortable. And why did they tap out? They tapped out because of their mental health. Sure, a few got injured along the way, but bearing any accident or physical injury, they all tapped out because of their mental health. And these are the experts in the world that 30 days alone in the bush with tools and with the skill sets to be successful, they tapped out because of mental health. So it's very, very important to understand the relationship between mental health and preparedness. For we know that preparedness is the art of accepting that you are responsible for your own outcomes and therefore have a responsibility to you and the ones that you love to become more self-reliant and more self 
sufficient. We understand that mental needs for other, the humans are there. We are our gregarious species, which means part of our mental health and part of our biometric operations in our, inside our own bodies, otherwise known as the physiological effects of stress, are changed by being around more human beings. We need association with other members of our species to be successful, not just because groups are more successful than individuals, but because of our need for our interrelationship and bonding. And when you delve into the theory of academia, we talk about social capital, which has been around as a theory for about 100 years, a little over 100 years now. And it basically looks at that exact bonding, bridging, and linking parts of social capital of individuals and community groups. So if you look, if you're a member of a faith group, and it doesn't matter which members of a faith group, there are people in there that you trust. Because you're a member of that group, you feel closer to the people inside that group. Therefore, you feel more at ease asking for assistance for people from that group. The people in that group are more than likely going to offer their resources, whatever they may be, to help you out. And because of that, you're creating bonding social capital. And of course, bridging social capital is between those tight linked groups. And that's where you see various different community groups and faith groups. You may be a member of a number of them. And they link together because they're all working towards a common goal, which is the preservation of the human species and the development of our communities. The linking social capital comes in where you have community groups that have reasonably strong bonds with those in positions of power and they've built a relationship. So there's a power imbalance in linking social capital. Why is this important to preparedness? Well, because theory says and actual evidence shows that groups recover better from emergencies when they have strong linking social capital. So if you take all of the community groups within a city and the city suffers a major disaster, a major event, it is proven that those with stronger uh, linking social capital with the emergency preparedness folks will actually bounce back better. They will benefit better. They will come out of this faster and in a greater state than other members of the community simply based upon the relationships they've built. So it's exceptionally important within emergency preparedness to have that. It's not about being a lone wolf, but having someone to count upon when things go pear-shaped, as we used to say in the military. But one of the lessons from my time in the military, and most of my veteran listeners will understand, is there's a phrase called an OODA loop. It's uh, acronyms uh, O-O-D-A, and it stands for Observe, Orientate, Decide, Act. And it basically means how a military process is taught to think. And thinking is a process. It's just not a random, uh, you know, if you watch the movie Up and the dog goes squirrel, 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 when something happens, that's not what an OODA loop is. An OODA loop is, is that you are observing the world around you, looking for cues and indicators. When you see those clues and indicators, you orientate yourself and your sensors and everybody around you on that. You, you're taking in all the information that you need. You then have to make a decision. And once you make a decision, you must act. And the idea in military theory is your OODA loop has to be going faster than your enemies. And if that's true, then what happens is, is your thinking is dislodging their thinking. Because as they observe you, as they orientate on you, 
And as they're deciding to act upon you, if you're a little bit quicker, your act happens before they decide and therefore they are reacting. And reacting is a very, very important thing to study when it comes to mental health, which the best way to describe how to look at the world around you. I'm going to take most of these uh, this phrases in the next section that I'm going to talk about from two books by Ryan Holiday. One is called The Daily Stoic. It's 366 Meditations and Wisdom, Perseverance, and the Art of Living. And the other one is his book, The Obstacle is the Way. Subtitle is The Timeless Art of Turning Trials into Triumph. I'm sure by now he's got a million copies uh, of this book sold. And the idea being is, is we want to simplify this down into understanding mental illness and understanding mental health as a state of control. And a great quote from Marcus Aurelius, which is an old Stoic philosopher, he was the fifth and final of what they referred to as the good last emperors of Rome. And he states, choose not to be harmed and you won't feel harmed. Don't feel harmed and you haven't been. And the idea being is, is that you are in control of how you view the world. And what uh, Ryan Holiday can, uh, sets it forward as is the first part is perception. How we frame the world around us. And the theory goes is that it's how we see and understand what occurs around us and that we decide these events will mean. Otherwise stated, there is no good or bad without us. There is only perception. There's the event itself and the story we tell ourselves about what it means. And perception gets down to the basic tenet that everything around you, it is what it is. Events are neither good nor bad. It is you who is responsible for assigning meaning. In other words, people can't make you mad people have done something. The decision to become mad at that is yours. Now, this is not a numbing, I don't feel anything, we have no emotional stoic word, which is an improper use of the word stoicism. But that being set aside, what we're saying is, is you will feel emotions and emotions are normal. They're part of the human system. We have to remember that the animal brain that we have was designed to keep us alive. It was designed to perceive threats and orientate us away from the threats to keep us alive. And you have to remember in human history, really up until about the last 300 years, for the previous 20, 30 or 40,000 years, the human species lived on subsistence and survival. Every day was about, will I eat today or will I be killed today? Uh, and that really stepped right up until you probably the urbanization and the colonization uh, and then you, the Industrial Revolution. But really, even in today, there are billions with a B of people living in this world who don't know whether they will eat or be killed today. And they live in such exception. So the art behind it is being is that the world is what it is. I mean, it is not what you want it to be. That's fair enough. And that's part of the mental health and part of perception. If you put it, and I always, and I've talked many times in this podcast about things like a theoretical framework or a lens that academics use. You look at the world through a frame. It's your frame. It's based upon a world, a number of things that you have learned through life and experiences have taught you, but you look through the world with this frame. You see things 
through the eyes. If you are a feminist, if you are a misogynist, if you are a narcissist, that's your frame. So you will see the world as you believe it to be. But there's something really, it's a great little uh, translation. It's called cold, hard, common sense, otherwise known as sang-froid, which the literal translation from French is cold blood. So if you understand that, then we think about action. The next part of, of understanding mental illness and mental health is action. We, we perceive the world in some way. Now we have to, how do we champion? How do we triumph through what we experience around us? And the first part is planning. Everybody has to plan. And we talk about the link and preparedness that I, I, I would never tell you to buy a, a damn thing off the, off the shelf of a store uh, because it's useless and it's a waste of time. If you don't have a plan, if you haven't figured out exactly what you want to do and how you want to do it, it is ridiculous for you to go to a store and start buying a bunch of supplies and stocking up on things. And people will say, well, will you, everybody needs to eat. Well, sure you need to eat. So go ahead and buy a whole bunch of canned food. But then when your plan turns out, you want to be mobile, agile and on two feet and you can't carry canned food. What did you just do? And it's iteration and its persistence so you have made a plan and you keep moving forward with that plan you want to be consistent in what you do you don't ignore the world around you but a great quote from uh, Warren Buffett and we all know how well he's done and it's be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy when others are fearful and he realized that when other people are very very uh, afraid of things that are going on, that's when you need to move in and attempt to take control. When other people are very greedy and they're running around and they're grabbing everything, that's when you need to be a little fearful of following and jumping on the bandwagon. So in today's world, Warren Buffett's basically telling you, don't jump on the bandwagon, stay with your plan and stay in control. And you realize, you, you, you must realize, nothing makes us feel this way. We choose to give in to such feelings or choose not to. And that's a quote from Rockefeller. And the guy did pretty good, if you remember the history of Standard Oil and the end of uh, the American Civil War. So when we consider action and we look at the plan, you also have to make sure that you plan to fail. And you have to plan for when everything fails and doesn't work. And this is a part of stoicism that a, that a lot of people skip over, but I think it is incredibly important, is the fact that you need to plan for everything to fail and then consider what you decide and what you're going to do when everything does abjectly fail flat on its face and fails. And that's going to happen. And and failure is a great lesson and we should champion failure. And, and, and I'm not ridiculous when I say that. I mean, I'm dead serious. We never did it in the military. We never um, were successful in that, but because we always wanted everybody to succeed. So the first time a young lieutenant or a sergeant major failed was on the battle space. And that's never a good thing. So we're getting better as a society, but we don't celebrate failure the way we should. And therefore we need to plan for failure. When everything falls apart, what are you going to do? And that talks about in the will and maintaining the will. And this is the third part that Ryan Holiday talks about in his book. And it's around the art of thinking negatively. And it's a great thing that you learn in Stoicism is that you look at uh, every day you start off with a few thoughts and say to yourself, uh, 
Today, I'm going to run into an idiot. I'm going to run into a jerk. I'm going to run into a Karen or I'm going to run into a Kevin at Walmart. And they're going to be rude and ignorant and I'm going to want to drop them in their tracks, but I'm just going to walk by and ignore them because I choose to not allow their emotional state or their lack of control of their own emotional state to affect how I run my life. And the reason Stoics would do that is that so when you ran across somebody and you eventually evidently would, they would have already thought in their brains that how am I going to handle this individual? How am I going to respond to them? And what am I going to do? Uh, And it's also the art of acquiescence. It's accepting the fact that you control very little. When you think about what you control, and this is the key to taking that big successful step and being in control of your mental health, is that you have to divide everything in the world into the two parts of what I control and what I don't control. So this is a quote right out of page 43 of uh, Ryan Holiday's book. What is up to you? Your emotions are up to you. Our judgments, our creativity, our attitude, our perspective, our desires, our decisions, and our determination. This is our playing field, so to speak. Everything there is fair game. What is not up to us? Absolutely everything else. And the reason that that's an incredible point to take hold is that when you truly understand what is within your control, you simply don't allow things outside your control to affect what is in your control. You put up a boundary there. So do you feel things when stimulus happens around you? Yes. When your loved one gets sick, do you feel bad? Yes, you feel that emotion and that emotion is normal. But you most certainly don't let that emotion control you. You certainly don't let let that emotion decide how you're going to react or how you're going to become. If somebody next to you says something that is really dumb and stupid and idiotic, why would you get mad at them? What is the value added in that? How does that improve your statue in life? And how does that improve your own quality of life? So you learn in stoicism not to react to that because then what you're doing is you're becoming a master of your emotions. You are taking away, and the number one point that comes back all the time is that folks are victimized. And when you're in control of your emotion, you realize that you are not a victim. You're not in the state because of something else. Life happens and bad things happen to really good people. And there's nothing you can do about that. So getting mad, sad, angry, or upset over that is absolutely zero added to anyone's future, let alone your own. So what you learn to do is you don't blame your life on something external because the decisions and your attitude in life are 100% up to you. So so one thing we say in preparedness is don't allow yourself to become a victim, which means you're blaming somebody else for where you are in life. Oh, I would do this, but I don't have enough money because so-and-so stole money from me. Or uh, I can't go to work because of X illness, so I can't earn money. Or somebody did something and they, they, they hurt me and I, I have trouble doing things now. I mean, 
I could sit here all day and come up with a list of excuses and rationale and even in my own mind come to a rationale of why I can't do anything because it's always got to be somebody else's fault. You know, the American election is happening today and somebody will blame their future because of who the president is. But in reality, let's be serious. And this is the final point that I really want to nail today is that the things such as elections at any level have very little effect in your day-to-day life. Your day-to-day existence on the face of this earth and the happiness and joy that you take from that is 100% up to you. And I mean that dead serious. It is not whether your person wins or loses the election, whether your person wins or loses the sporting event, whether your team is successful or not, whether a member of your family uh, gets significantly ill or perishes, that does not change your life and how you choose to live your life. You are in control. And all of these external things happen and they are what they are. It is up to you to determine whether they are good or bad. And if you assign them being bad, you're then assigning an emotional value to them and you're accepting them into your world, which means you are responsible for the emotional reactions to an event. And in preparedness, we keep saying that There are all kinds of chaotic things that are going on in the world right now. We're living through a pandemic. We have an economy that is teetering on collapse. We have a government that is keeping everything going by simply printing money faster than you could possibly imagine with no consideration for the future debt load of Canadians or Americans or people in the UK or wherever in the world. We're we're driving the train towards this horrible precipice and nobody seems to care. But you, you living in your own little world right now, your life is not going to be dramatically affected by anybody making any change of those decisions because you have a responsibility for your own preparedness, your own state of being, and your own mental health. And you have to look at yourself in the mirror and have that honest, frank, uncomfortable conversation and decide basically who is responsible for my outcomes. If I want to be happy and joyful in this world and I want to embrace the things that make me happy, that's a choice that I make. And why is this so important nowadays? Well, because I tell you, you are going to be utterly unsuccessful as a prepared individual, as a prepper, or as a survivalist. If you see my previous episodes, you will be utterly unsuccessful at any of that until and unless you are in control of your mental health. And that doesn't mean you're a mindless, non-thinking individual. It means you understand emotional. And in philosophy, it's referred to as emotional intelligence. You are gaining emotional intelligence because you understand human emotions. You understand that they come and they go. They need, Feelings need to be experienced and then let them wane as they do. And that reactions to stimulus and external event to which you don't control is 100% you. And when you adopt that, you gain what is called emotional intelligence. And that emotional intelligence is a quotient that will be directly correlated to your success in life in general, but specifically 
to emergency preparedness and disaster preparedness because you will understand that as chaotic events unfold around you in your little sphere and bubble with your tight bonds of social capital with people that matter to you, you are going to be perfectly okay or if there is a disruption, you've taken the time to plan and consider how we go forward. So hopefully today's episode on mental health and preparedness gave you a bit of information to help you move forward with life. I wish you all the best of luck if you're an American out there. You're probably going to listen to this on Election Day or the weeks that follow. Who knows what the world looks like? Just remember and take to heart. It will not affect your life in a great deal. Get up, carry on with how you want to live your life. It is not going to cause you exceptional pain. So hang around here. We got some more great episodes coming up on Inside My Canoe Head. If you have any comments or anything you want to drop us a line at www.preparednesslabs.ca or jeff at preparednesslabs.ca, I'd happy to hear from you. And uh, to all of my friends out there, thanks once more and have yourself an awesome week.